On today's episode of Chirpin' DMV, it is Chucky Slick Part 2. And the stories are even crazier in Part 1. We got AB and KP winning a roller hockey tourney down in Snellville, Georgia, and KP coming back with a conky. Half the NHL is getting COVID, plus an official start date when we're going to see this qualifying round. And lastly, we're breaking down Tark Elbashir's article on the day that Ovechkin got drafted. So, pitter-patter, let's get at her. In the middle of the night, Street you know who it is. Street who else would it be? Street who else would it be? Street In the middle of the night, Street you know who it is. Street who else would it be? Street who else would it be? Street Now there's a party uptown and I heard it's fat People calling up my phone like, where you at? Where you at? I got the invite, chose not to go Because I'm on a microphone and I'ma rock the show Ooh. Now when I get right to go out at night I like to wear rollerblades so I can take flight I guess I got tired of the same old saying Fuck it, started up a rollerblade gang Street ducks, yeah we on patrol If you ever in trouble, give us a call When the sun goes down, the ducks come out Ripping up the streets all around the town Now I know you wanna come join my gang But the cool thing is you can do the same meet up with the boys at the liquor store lace up the wheels hit the what to do dmv episode 63 of chirpin dmv we're a day or two late but for good reason uh just ab with me today kp we'll get into it <laughs> might have a bit of a conky concuss he's had a long weekend so we'll start with you ab what's up man what's going on how's your uh start of your week going so it's pretty good um today went out on the boat today it was a pretty nice day out it's a little windy but we actually just got this like stand, this blow up stand up paddle. I saw that. That looked like, sweet. Yeah, it's like light as shit. So now we got two stand up paddles and a and a kayak at the bay house. So could get a little bit weird on those. Well, we got Fourth of July coming up in a weekend or two. So whoo hoo! Oh, how yeah. are you? Oh yeah. But yeah, and then this weekend we had the uh, roller hockey tournament down in Georgia, Echo Hockey Tournament, which is East East Coast Hockey League, pretty much, or East Coast Hockey Organization. I think is what it stands for. You're the roller guy. I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just get into that uh, a little bit. Me and Kyle coming home, gold champs, double-A gold champions. Bingo. Snellville, Georgia, suck on that. Hell, yeah. So we had a pretty ragtag team. Like, uh, our my buddy that I've been playing roller with for a while, pretty much since college, um, he texted me and Kyle – uh, if we wanted to play in this tournament down in Georgia, like probably like three weeks ago, maybe even less, maybe like two weeks ago. I already explained that, like uh, that da- the kid Dan, Dan Ridings. I don't know if you heard his Shout name. Shout him out. I think he follows huge, us, likes our stuff. Huge guy. Yeah, he does follow us. Huge guy, just a, a complete mammoth of a human being. Awesome to have on your team. Um, has a sweet clap or two that some, he'll just rip from like about half, like the halfway point pretty much, like the, the, the half line. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. He texted me and Kyle. He's played with Kyle before in, like, one or two tournaments. Um, was like, hey, if, if you guys want to come play, like, I'll drive all the way down to Georgia. Um, we, we've got a team, and we need some players. Me and Kyle were just like, yeah, fuck it, sure. Why not? We haven't played hockey in forever. Um, so we go down. Uh, he knew one other guy on the team uh, that, I guess, plays up in Germantown, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, or plays in their, like, roller league or whatever. But he's right. originally from Long Island. And he brought one of his buddies who's also from Long Island. So we got two guys from Long Island. We have 
me, Kyle, and Dan from kind of all over Maryland. And uh, Dan's buddy, Zach McElroy, he's actually our age. Um, he's from around Dan's hometown too. Uh, so we got four from Maryland. Uh, and then we got two more guys from Miami. Okay, so, right. And oh, you almost had a Georgia Bulldog on your team too, and Kyle. And almost a Georgia Bulldog on the team, <laughs> but he couldn't make it out. He didn't uh, fuck his leg up. Yep. So, yeah, we just kind of had guys all up and down the East Coast. And um, we – so we go into the first game. We played – I don't even remember their team name, to be quite honest. But we – I kind of looked, looked at them during warm-ups, and I said, yeah, we're going to shit on this team. If if we if we don't crush this team, this is this is not. Wait, you guys didn't lose a single game, did you? Didn't you sleep? We lost one game. Um, First game we won eight to one. Uh, Me myself, I didn't play great. It was probably my worst game of the tournament. Thank God, because it was during an eight one win. Kind of just getting my feet under myself again. You know, we haven't played in forever. I actually had a wheel fucking break during the game, so. Um, yeah, I had to go back to the locker room. I missed about six or seven minutes, but obviously it didn't matter. Kyle was buzzing. He pro- he said that was probably his best game. Um, I think he had three goals that okay. game. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, that was an 8-1 game. Second game, um, we played this team of – we just called them the team of children, basically. Oh, these are all the 18-year-old high school kids that gave Kyle the concussion? Yes. Uh, these kids were, like – Anywhere from 18 to 20 years old. Maybe one was 21. Uh, I, don't, I don't think any of them were, though. <laughs> They're called the Music City Mayhem. They're from uh, Tennessee, uh, from Nashville. And they, were, they came with a full squad. I think they had, like, 12 guys on their team. For mm-hmm. a roller, that's kind of a lot. Yeah, because you don't um, really need more than your, what, your eight for your two, line, for your two yeah, lines. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Some, some come with 10. Um, so I think they had like 10 or 11 guys on the team, maybe 12, I think 12, but I'm not, I, I can't remember. Um, it was a rough game. They, they came out and tried to play rough, rough with us. And we have, <laughs> we have Dan Ridings, who is again, massive, massive, like <laughs> 300 pounds. And then we got this other kid, uh, from Miami who is a bouncer at bars and he is also massive, but he's got like. He's like toned and muscular, massive. Mm-hmm. Um, like he he was telling us some stories that he he's thick with like three C's, like yes. And he was telling us some stories that he he was like a bodyguard for like Clinton Portis or something like that. Or he and like he was he was bouncing at clubs where like like he kicked Willis McGahee, like an NFL running back out of a club one time. Okay, like so you don't want to fuck with this guy. Yeah, so we could dummy an eighteen year old kid that tries to start some shit. Exactly. All these kids are probably like. Five anywhere between like five six to five ten, one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty pounds. So they're playing a little rough, and we're like, "What the fuck?" Like the refs got to call it. Like otherwise, we're gonna retaliate. We we kind of tried to hesitate ourselves from retaliating, and there were a couple times where we did. So Dan goes and talks to the ref, and he's like, "Hey, look. So these guys are playing a little rough with us, and." you guys are kind of letting him loose. And the ref says, yeah, we, we kind of just want to let you guys play. Like, you know, you know, like if it's a rough game, that's going to, that's how it's going to be. And he's like, Dan says, all right, that's, that's fine. As long as you are okay with murder being on your hands. <laughs> like, the ref was like, what do you mean? He was like, look, we are grown ass men. These are children. 
I could actually kill one of these guys through the boards if you really want <laughs> to. And so can that kid. And he just points right at DJ and right. DJ nods his head. <laughs> and and he's like, All right, all right, we'll try to keep it. We'll we'll try to keep it tight. And he's like, Look, you call it however you want. I'm just saying one of these kids is gonna have their neck snapped, and that's on you. It's not on me anymore. And he's like, All right, I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So again, it's it's still kind of a rough game. At one point, uh I, I don't know how the scrum happened, but it was it was Kyle and another kid. The kid, like, props to Kyle, honestly, because, like, you know how Kyle has been. Like, in high school, mm-hmm. like, he would have just lost it. The kid, Wires cross. Yes, exactly. That's that's how Kyle plays. Like, that, it's just – he's just out there and he's playing. Sometimes he's like, doesn't even know what happens. He just blacks out because he's just playing. <laughs> um, the kid, like, hit him, and Kyle just, like, grabs him and, like, brings him down on top of himself, and they both just fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he hit the back of his head or something, but, like, he felt a little woozy. He felt a little woozy the rest of the, the rest of the rest of the way, but kid continued to score goals. He scored the only. We lost that game five to one. Oh, you lost um, to the fucking kids. We lost to that. Damn. We lost to the kids that first game five to one. It was a one-one game all the way up till like six minutes left, and we were gassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only had seven guys. We were just tired as fuck, and they like, dude. When you get to that, like, we get to our age where we've been drinking for what ten plus years. Yeah, like catches days, up to you. Yeah, four to five days a week. Well, it used to be four to five days a week. Now, like two days a week. Yeah, it catches up to you, and they're still in like prime like conditioning because they're still playing like hockey five times a week. Competitive, not men's league. Exactly. So they they just had the legs. They beat us. I mean, again, I said like I said, it was a one to one game, um, with six minutes left in the game, and our our goalie. He was he was pretty good. He he stepped up when he needed to, but that game he he let up some weak some softies that he I think he would admit to himself. Dude, our goalie also a huge guy. His name was actually Tubby. Tubby, like Tubby with a T. <laughs> he said to call him Tubby. I was like, is Toby? He said no, Tubby. Toby. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so that was that was Saturday. Sunday we get into Sunday. Um, we have an eight a.m. game. We got wasted on Saturday. Oh yeah. Totally skip that part. So Saturday night we get wasted. We go to Outback. That's right across from our hotel. Um, we get pretty wasted. Me, Dan, and Zach and Kyle are on all in the same room. Kyle, like he decided to take it easy because he was feeling he was feeling a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, me, Dan, and Zach got after it. So we were drinking at uh, the Outback. At the Outback, we love got it. To, oh yeah. Well, I don't see there being like cool bars in Snellville, Georgia. Yeah, exactly. We just <laughs> the closest one of those. Either Outback or Applebee's. Exactly. There was a Chili's around, and apparently yeah. there were Bogo, but we didn't get there. Um, we we just went to Outback. Uh, me, Zach, and Dan were ripping a couple tequila shots, um, and then we just went back to the hotel, got another twenty-four pack, went back to the hotel. We're just we're kind of just sitting there drinking in the room, and then someone knocks on the door, and we're like. What the fuck? Like, it, we thought it was like one of our teammates, maybe. And we're like, oh, yeah. All right, cool. Zach goes and answers the door. And he's just like, I just hear him go, what the fuck? <laughs> and I just, I just like lean over. Cause you know how like hotels, there's that little hallway and you're on your Yeah, bed yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So I just kind of lean over and he's just, he just turns around and looks at me and he's like, you will never fucking guess who's at our door right now. And I like look, and I see like two kids that look like they're like no more than fifteen years old. And I was like, "Is that the fucking, is that the children team?" 
And he's like, dude, it's the mayhem. And I was like, what the fuck? It's their entire fucking team that we just played. And they all just come into our hotel room and start drinking with us. What the fuck? It was so weird. And like Kyle's like sitting there, like he like leans over and whispers to me. He's like, dude, this is kind of weird, man. Like they're all like 18 years old. Dan's 33. Like, <laughs> and they were trying to beat the fuck off and they gave me a concussion. Yeah. Like, it, it was weird. And then Dan was drunk as fuck, and he just started broing down with him, trying to, like, fucking give him lessons and shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> and um, Zach and Zach was, like, me and Zach were kind of just sitting there, like, chiming in, like, talking to them for a little bit. And they ended up being, like, a bunch of cool kids. We were kind of broing down with them for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of weird. Like, they just, they kind of, they just showed up to our yeah, room. Yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, I was, like. I, I kind of paused at one point. I was like, wait, how the fuck did you guys know where we were? Like, it's kind of weird that you knew what room we were. And he was like, oh, well, we we were like two doors down. We could kind of hear you guys and figured you guys were drinking. And we were like, well, all right. Makes fair enough. Fair enough. We would have um, done the same thing. We right, did so the same. Th- we did the same thing the other weekend at your at the Bay House. When me yeah, and Johnny pretty- and Brandon heard the neighbors party and we went over there and just started hanging out with them. Very true. Very true. I kind of forgot we did that. So yeah, I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Um, bro down with them. They ended up being a bunch of like really nice kids. Like we, we kind of like shot the shit about the game and then just, you know, kind of clean slate. I mean, I feel like that's how, that's how the sport of hockey is. Yeah. I mean, think of us in men's league when we were the Cobras, just, we would talk shit to every single team up like 10 to one and we'd still be acting like assholes. Yep, exactly. So, Shout out to all you assholes at the Gardens Ice House, the Blapping yep. Skulls, the Bullets, who else? Express Breakfast. Fuck them all. Uh, yeah, Cliff Puxtable. There Cliff you go. Cliff Puxtable, the main rival. Yeah, god damn. Um, so, all right. Sorry, this is taking forever, but fuck it. Um, okay. Third game, we're playing this call, this team called the Danville Patriots. There's a bunch of like 35, 40-year-olds, I think. Uh, hungover as shit. I had I drank two beers before the game. I was like, I gotta nice. get over the hangover. So just drank two beers to get through it. And I was kind of buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Um they actually I was playing defense for the first three games and then that or first two games. That game I switched to forward and uh me and Kyle were kind of buzzing on it. Um and then we beat them, I think like five to one. It was a pretty easy game. Everyone was kind of like still hung over, so we didn't like smack them, but mm-hmm. five five one is an easy easy win. Yeah. Semifinals. Guess who we're playing? Music City Mayhem. No, nah. Yep, we're playing the kids again. So I was like, this is gonna be kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if it gets aggressive again or yeah. Um, so we we're we're playing, it's a tight game. Our our goalie's he's not playing the best game. Uh I think he would admit it too. He he actually even said it after in, in the locker room afterwards. Um they score, they go up one nothing. We tie, tie it up, make it one one. Basically, we exchange goals and we're chasing them the entire time uh, up to three to three. Um, we take the lead at four to three, and we're like, that's when we like start like clicking, and we're just like, oh shit, like we can, we're definitely gonna like be able to beat these guys. It was not as rough of a game because I think we because of the night before, because yeah. of the out. like we were all just like. That's Pretty much after every whistle, like we were kind of so just like growing out might have won you that game. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I think. Cause they didn't play as rough and they weren't like as heated and shit. Like, mm-hmm. and, but we were still playing like the same style. We still played a little rough with them, but they weren't, it was kind of funny. And um, so we take the lead. They tied up again, again, another kind of weak goal four four. And honestly, the score probably should have been four, nothing. Um, 
And then we scored two pretty late goals. We scored a goal, uh, make it 5-4. I think Kyle had three in this game. Mm -hmm. um, and DJ had the other three. So it was, uh, we ended up winning 6-4. to four. And our goalie, like I said, he let up four very weak goals. But those last, like, five minutes, he stopped – everything it was it was it was unbelievable we were like oh shit he just like turned it on out of nowhere because that's i said that on, on the bench at one point i was like if we could just get a save uh, we win this game mm -hmm. and then like i he must have heard me or something because he flipped the switch and he, he shut the door for the rest of the way we scored two we scored one to make it five four i think i think we scored with 40 seconds left to make it six okay four. okay but the worst part about that game for myself was I, I was buzzing the entire game. I was playing pretty well. Uh, I was playing forward, but I was playing, like, as a third defenseman almost. I was playing real deep, and we played, like, a collapsed defense in front of them. Um, so they didn't have any open shots, like, coming through the high slot or anything like that. And I would just turn the puck over, kind of turn off the ice and, like, get it to Kyle. Kyle would go down and do his thing. Um, but then with four minutes to go, I get another wheel that, that breaks. Ooh. In, a, in the semifinals. So I start freaking the fuck. I'm like, God damn it. I have to go in the locker room. I got to gotta switch my wheels out again. By the time I get back on the floor, it's like 30 seconds left. Right. But then I just played the, I played the rest of the 30 seconds, and I just sat in front of the goal, and I blocked like four or five shots. I felt like a fucking hero because I never do that shit. You know me. You've seen me play ice hockey before. I'm not yeah. blocking shots. Well, yeah, it's, oh, it's men's league too. You don't block shots. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I don't know. I I think I was still drunk from the night before. Maybe <laughs> I, mean, I was just blocking shots left and right. So we ended up winning six four. Move on to the uh, championship game, and we kind of smoked them right out of the gate. Uh, we went up four nothing, and uh, at that point, it's kind of in the bag. Yeah, that it. it we felt pretty confident. We were, we were playing well. Um, I basically I like applied this system to our game. I said if we just do this we're going to end up winning. Like, basically how I played that third defensive role as a forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, We're, yeah. we're going to win this game, turn up ice or up floor. Um, and with Roller, but, you don't really have to worry about icing and shit like that. You can just exactly. send that fucker down. No offside, anything like that. So, yeah, we went up 4 nothing. They scored two quick ones. Um, yeah, they, they scored two quick ones to make it 4-2, to two, and we were like, oh, shit. Uh, they – might sneak their way back in this game because they had three guys that were really that they looked mm -hmm. pretty good and we were like oh fuck and in roller when you have two or three guys you can win a game over a game that can change the entire momentum but your boy was fucking buzzing that game oh, okay um four two they scored about 30 seconds later i got the puck behind her own net i'm wheeling up the right side of the boards i just blow by this one guy then i got I got the two, like, I guess they were playing, like, almost midfielders. If They were playing a 1-2-1, one, one, like, diamond. I, uh, I'm i on the right side, playing the right the right defender, going up. Fake towards the middle. The left guy steps on, on me, toe drag around his ass to split the two <laughs> defensemen. Then the right guy steps on me, and I, I do uh, – it's not even a toe drag. Just, like, tipped the puck past him a little bit and jumped around him on the right side. No shit gone and then How are one stick handle snipe top left corner posting in i was like oh my god that might have been the best goal i've ever scored in my life <laughs> it was buzzing dude and then that made a five two kyle scores another make it six two um 
I made it seven two. I had like it was basically a two on one. I had Kyle on my right side, uh, and just fucking ripped her top right. And then uh, we ended up making it. I think the the final score was eight to four, but it was eight to two at one point with like two minutes left. So we no one was really trying hard on our team. So they scored like two late goals. Um, but yeah, Kyle scored another hat trick that game. I had two. Uh, me and Kyle were buzzing. I think yeah. Kyle had nine goals on the tournament in five games. Not bad. Yeah, and there's that's that's the championship right there. And there it is, the championship. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, it looked like you were buzzing a bit all weekend. I like the blacking out. It. Yeah, like I said, I think that throwing out with those dudes might have won you the semifinal. Yeah, that's honestly. The, that's the main thing I take from that story. Yeah, like just getting drunk with them. And, and that's like, like the only tournament. Like, you guys playing so many tournaments for money, and the one you don't play it for money, you win. I know it's fucking bullshit. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, let's let's just get our money back here at least. Come on, right? Give us something. Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a weekend. Yeah, you started it, started it Friday night here in Arlington. Had some had some whiskey drinks. Once you left and drove to Georgia until five a.m., we ended up going to Whitlow's rooftop. Shout out Whitlow's. Met up with Marquise, slugging down orange crushes, double vodka. So it was me, Marquise, Travis Ward, the uh, the uh, University of Alaska equipment manager we've had on the show before. Huh. Uh, one of their buddies that plays for Beckner College, and then a couple other guys, and one of the guys was uh, one of the assistant trainers for the Caps. So I got to talking to him a bit. He's going to come on. He, he can't tell too many stories about the Caps because obviously he's part of the team now, but he was a part of the Lightning staff when they had like Bugsy and Teddy Purcell, and he said he's got some fucking stories about That's those dope. guys. So I was, we were getting some stuff out of him Friday night, and then the rest of the weekend was just a weekend really. But um. Speaking of Arlington, speaking of the Caps, I, I, told you, I, I told you this Friday night, too, and I said this the other week on the episode. I was like, all right. Oh, actually, on the Tark episode, I was like, all right, as, as bad as the Caps were, as soon as I see a video of them on the ice, I'm going to be like, Stanley Cup champs. We're good. We're going to be buzzing. And we've been seeing the videos because you can have six people on the ice. It's been Kuzi, Carlson, Eller, Holpe, and Hathaway. Garney's been on the ice. And every single video I've seen – Kuznetsov looks like he's going to win Conn Smythe. Yeah, is he, has Kuzi just been on the ice every single time with every single group? I, I think so. I think that's the only group for the most part because the most are still coming back, but Kuznetsov looks like he is on fucking fire. Yeah, I remember you saying that, and I was like, that's pretty hype because I'm not going to say that's the only way we win, but we need him to be. But he's the big performance. reason we won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we need him to be at his top performance when we, if we want to win. Should he have won the consumized when we did win the cup? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you have to give it to Ovi though. I oh mean, yeah, you have to. It's like it, it's like how Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh won, they gave it to Crosby when clearly Kessler Malkin should have yeah. probably. Won. I mean, Ovi still led the team in goals and everything was right up there yeah. in points, but Kuzi and those playoffs were nuts. And from the Instagram videos I've seen that are like twelve seconds long, he looks awesome. That's dope. I like that. So, six players on the ice. NHL reportedly setting it so now that 12 players can be on the ice. So, I guess that's part of the phase two return protocol uh, that started this week. So, yeah, up to 12 players on the ice for sessions uh, that were originally pieced down to six. So, yeah, we're up to 12 now. Speaking of that, I guess we'll just let that lead into half the NHL having COVID. So, what is it? The Lightning have a handful of players that are sick? And they have to yeah, shut down their whole facility. Do they have like four players that have COVID now? It's like oh, I thought it was oh. like six or seven total. Part of like be. the organization, like coaches and all too. Well, it's funny because the tweet I was reading about from Chris Johnson about effective tomorrow, the NHL can expand to twelve players. Stephen Stamkos like quote tweeted it with like that emoji where the guy's like scratching his head, kind of. Mm. 
It's like, yeah. you, know, you guys don't have a facility you can use because you're all sick. But that's just like kind of Florida, I feel like. Every team in Florida is sick. Yeah, and they weren't going – they weren't like living by the rules at all. Like I was down in Florida. Florida reopened in like April. Yeah, <laughs> when everyone else was closing. Yeah. Like it was, it was – Florida, there was definitely like not really any like masks being worn when we were down there for Memorial Day, and I mean it's not really shocking that that's happening, but it kind of makes me a little nervous. I don't know about you. That it could, if a couple, well, like you mentioned before this too, Austin Matthews got it. Yeah, a superstar gets it. Like the NHL might just be like, all right, maybe we put a pause on this whole season and we just call call it quits, like. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, imagine a whole team just gets plagued with it. Yeah, or like you said, Friday night when we were talking about it, because I think it was when we were at the bar when we got the notification about Austin Matthews. It's like, if one more big-time guy gets it, then it could be cause of concern. Like, do we just shut it down? Yeah, imagine Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby gets it. It's like, well, fuck, like – I mean, us as Cavs fans are like, all right, well, they got to deal with it. But, like, the NHL might just be like, nah. Mm, nope. Yeah, we can just we can just scrap it. Because you've seen, like, the NBA, like, some players have already said, like, yeah, I'm not going to Orlando to play in the playoffs with my team. They're just not yeah. going. And, like, that TBT tournament, that's, like, that basketball tournament on ESPN every 4th of July weekend where, like, the alumni from, like, colleges play and shit like that. Like, the West Virginia team, one player got it. And per tournament rules, they, they kicked the entire team out of the tournament. Jesus. And it's like not for until July 4th weekend. So that's, I don't know, kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely a little bit nervous about it now. Like, I didn't think, I don't know, if if a team gets played with it, what happens? Like, you are you just going to give the other team? Sit they that guy out or? No, not the guy. Like, what if, like, what if there's, like, fucking 12, guy, 12 players that get it? Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, you have a lightning situation where, like, six guys test positive. Is that yeah. team, like, automatically disqualified? Or do they have to stack their roster with black aces? Like, if you're yeah, in a playoff it's... series, if you say once we're even in the first round, it's seven games, it's, we're not traveling back and forth from city to city like in the normal playoffs. So you can play seven games in, you know, 12 days or whatever if you play a couple back-to-backs and stuff like that. And what if you have to sit out for the two weeks, you're missing an entire series. And like, are you really going to tell, like, like what if OV has it say OV has it, but he feels fine. Like he has it, but he doesn't have any of the symptoms or anything like that. Are you, are you going to be the one to tell him like you can't play? It doesn't matter. Right. Or say the caps are in the first round and we have a two Oh series lead on Carolina. And then it's like, Hey, by the way, Carlson, Holpe, Ovechkin and Backstrom all have it. So they have to sit out for two weeks and then we just go on and get spanked the rest of the series. But they all feel fine, and they're all like, no, we can play, we can play. And, but, like, they, but they have it. And on the, other, on the flip side, Carolina can just can be like, well, if half the team that we're playing against has it, uh, we don't want to play against them. Get it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure they're working on that behind the scenes, but it's interesting to see what's going to happen. If, like, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay is together, and they're getting it. So you, you don't know. Um, here's something interesting. Per Larry Brooks of the New York Post, a qualifying round for the Stanley Cup tournament will begin on July 30th. So we've discussed this a couple times because we were thinking three-week training camp starting July 10th, but 
No, it said that training camps will last two weeks, followed by teams playing one exhibition game after traveling to their hub city on either July 23rd or 24th. So we're guaranteed to start July 30th, it looks like, if, you know, the whole entire season doesn't get canceled right. still. July 30th, that's, that's pretty much right around where we thought it was going to start, right? We, we either said – Yeah, like, I think we were said like first week in August, thinking that it was August. going to be a three-week training camp. Yeah, first weekend of August or maybe even second. But, yeah, July 30th, I'm, let's get her going. Let's get Hopefully. her going. So, yeah, they're going to travel to the Hub Cities on the 23rd or 24th. There was that report that Vegas is probably definitely going to be a Hub City. Over the past two days, it looks like the NHL – or a lot of the teams are announcing that they're out of the running. So there was, like, what, 15 to start with? So yeah. I think the Pens and Dallas confirmed today that they're out of the potential Hub City race. Uh, so that leaves Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago, Chicago LA, Chicago's and Vegas. Out. Chicago's out now? Yeah. Oh, wow. So Vegas, I think, is a definite, from what we've heard, is a definite. And, they, and I think the NHL is really pushing to get something in Canada, one of them in Canada. Yeah. So that's either Vancouver, Edmonton, or Toronto. I'd like to see Toronto just to keep us on the East Coast because, I, I mean, thought, that. I, I thought I saw Columbus was out too. I don't know if Columbus is out. Going. Yeah. The last one I saw was June 23rd. 12.53 p.m. from John Shannon, NHL. He said, Penguins and Dallas confirm that they are out. Only hub cities left are Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago, L.A., and Vegas. But you just said Chicago is out, so I guess that leaves five. And yeah. four if you count Vegas as already being one. Yeah. So, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Last thing here before we get to our interview, guys, is Chucky Slick Part 2. Part 1, within two days, became our most downloaded and listened to episode. Yep, and part two is probably even better. Even more savage, I think. Even yeah, more like, savage. It's it, the the stories aren't like. Well, I think how we ended it was the we ended it right when he met Gordy. Okay. Or met up with Gordy in Czech Republic. Yeah, and the stories literally only get crazier from here. And some of, they're not even hockey stories; they're just his life. Yeah, and, like the monkey biting his brother and almost killing his brother. Him, uh, drunk in the jungle off. Uh, mushroom margaritas, yeah. I think it was, and then like yeah. having some type of allergic reaction to shrimp, shrimp Alfredo yeah. or something. Something like that. Don't want to give too much it away, but yeah, yeah, it's this is it's it's literally like these stories are just so insane and so like hilarious, even though they're like almost like some of them Pretty are sketchy. like life or death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean this. I mean when you travel the world, that's what fucking happens. And when you have a personality like Chucky Slick, I mean. The guy is yeah. awesome. He is the man. That's uh, after that interview. That's one thing I added to my bucket list was mushroom margaritas in Thailand and kickboxing. Because <laughs> the the place where you can kickbox anybody you want, you just got to sign up on the list. Yeah, right. You can, t you can drink mushroom margaritas and just get all trippy sticks and fucking let it let it fly. See what fucking happens. See what happens. So yeah, that that that's that's obviously coming up soon. We dropped a full video YouTube on Friday night since it's a two part interview. We dropped it last Friday. Go give that a watch if you want to watch. Uh, he, the video interviews I like, they're fun because he obviously he acts out some of the shit that happens, like the monkey biting his brother, he acts it out, and the monkey chugging the beer and shit like that. But, um, yeah, go check that out. Last thing here, Monday last week, uh, the Capitals did on this day in Caps history. It was Alex Ovechkin. He was awarded the 2006 Calder Trophy. Braden Holpe was named the 2016 Vesna Trophy, and Tom Wilson was taken with the 16th overall pick in the 2012 NHL Draft. So that was technically the 22nd, 22nd of June. So all that shit happened on that day in Caps history. 
Wow. That's a – is it Caps Day? Caps Day. I mean, June 22nd seems to be the day. You got a Holpe 2016 Vesna, OV, 06 Calder, and then the greatest grinder in NHL history, Tom Wilson, with the 16th overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been seeing a lot of those. I, for, I forget which day it was, but um, the other day it was like the Caps today traded a traded Steve Eminger for a draft pick from uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and that draft pick turned into John Carlson. Yeah, yep, I saw that. That too was just kind of like, all right, this is awesome. <laughs> that could low key like be the most underrated trade of all time. Yeah, because we got Carlson, was it late first round, like 20-something? 27th, yeah. That's like that's Steve Eminger for John Carlson straight up pretty much? Yeah, that's – yeah, if you think of it that way, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's my, might be the most underrated trade of all time and maybe one of the most, like, clutch trades by the Caps. Yeah, and obviously because he's about to win the Norris and he's been great his whole career here, so we'll take it. All right, with that being said, let's kick it over to Chucky Slick, part two. So let's, let's kind of get into that first before the afternoon. Let's one. hear that but story. I kind of want to get you to tell a little bit of a story before that story. So you, I believe sure. that story starts with you leaving a show you did in New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start like doing shows and then kind of how fucking crazy were those? And then will you just lead that into the story of, yeah, I think you stayed at uh, yeah, some so chick and then sometime. Sometime after Knoxville, like when I came back from Knoxville, um, you know, I came back around Christmas time. So I had a lot of extra time. Like I didn't play a full season and I really like honed in on music that year. And I was just like focusing a lot on like music. And, you know, I had a lot of people always like hitting me up, you know, on social media, like fucking love your music, bro. And all this stuff. And like, I didn't really believe it. Like I was like, oh, that's just an internet fake thing. Like it's not real. Like, Cause I'm living in San Diego and no one's coming up to me on the streets. Right. But then I go to Canada for a tournament and out in public, just on a random day, people are like coming up to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? What is this shit? Am I actually some kind of like junior B list celebrity or some shit? <laughs> Like, what's going on here? This never happened in San Diego. I only saw internet love, which can seem very fake. And once I started going to, like, roller hockey summer tournaments in Toronto and stuff, I started seeing this shit happen a lot. And then one time I took a fucking plane to Seattle. I don't know why. I think I was drunk, and I always wanted to go to Seattle. And I booked a plane ticket there by myself. Uh, it was, like, a weird hobby I had for, like, two years where I would just fly to a city I'd never been to by myself and just try to see how long I can make it there. Crazy hobby. <laughs> um, yeah, I just try to meet people and, like, crash on their couches and shit. I'm really passionate about just, like, drifting around and stuff like that. Like I said, I get it from my mama. But, uh, yeah, I went to Seattle, ended up being, like, homeless, chilling on a bench after, like, the ni third night. But the fucking first day in Seattle, I was on Twitter, and I was like, I'm in Seattle. And some fool was like, oh, shit. And that was the first time in real life where, like, I really, like, hung out with someone who's, like, only knows me because of my music or whatever. I never felt like any sort of special person. I, I just felt like a hockey guy that had some song. And so I had that night with him, and then I cruised over to fucking Canada, the, took a bus from Seattle to Vancouver, and this is where shit gets really crazy. This is where everything, this moment is where everything changed. This is 2014. 
I think right after my rip in Knoxville and I go up to Vancouver and you know, I'm on Twitter, like, yo, Vancouver, what's up? Like, are you internet people even real? <laughs> so, like, and some kids, like, where are you? Like, Im- like immediately my DMs start blowing up. I'm in Canada now. This is hockey country. And I don't know what to choose, who to chill with. But everyone's throwing crazy ideas at me, like, come do this, come do that, come do this. And some kids, like, yo, I'm throwing a fat fucking banger in Maple Ridge. Shout out Chris Draper is his name. I still remember that. Shout out to me. All my hockey injuries in my head. I still remember his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, this kid's like, I'm throwing a fucking banger at my house tonight. You should come through. Like, it's a house party. I love house parties. And I was like, oh, good old Canadian house party. Let's go. Man, I pull up to this fucking house party. The whole party, like, was out in the front yard, like, waiting for me. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I get out of the car and I felt like fucking Jay Beebs stepping on the red carpet or some shit. <laughs> Are you rolling up alone, like in a cab? I was rolling up. In, these guys picked me up in the car, the guys from Twitter. It okay. was Chris and like two of his boys. So they picked me up. Once they got all their like pictures out of the way, they drive me to the fucking house and it's like a fucking, it's a proper banger. There's like 50 heads there minimum, all like hockey heads and like, you know, puck bunnies, whatever. And it's like, I couldn't even get to the fucking front door. Like, <laughs> motherfuckers were all, like, going yep, like this. What the hell is going on? And the whole fucking night, I never felt so much real-life love, not Twitter love. And I was like, holy shit, motherfuckers really do. Like, they really are playing this stuff. Like, I need to start taking music more seriously. I kind of just went home and really started, like, like, man, maybe I should do a little tour. And I started doing shows. And yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Like, I was inspired by seeing it in real life for the first time because I never really pursued that career. I was like, I'm still a hockey player at the end of the day, man. That's like a music is like, that's some fucking hobby I put on the internet, whatever. But after seeing that, I was like, man, like maybe I should do some shows. Not for money, just to like show people, like just to see that love again, recreate mm-hmm. what I felt there. And yeah, I started like hitting shows and even set up like a little fucking East coast Canada tour in like 2016. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Really. What's, what's really the, uh, what's the craziest shit that's gone down at one of your shows? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's a lot that stands out. Ari- okay. In San Diego, Arizona service, he opened for me. You know him, right? Heard of him. I could, can't tell you like he's from Northern Virginia. stuff like that. Is he really? He's from Maryland. He grew up playing hockey. He's the guy that has the song Roxanne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha. That's the big song. In, like, dude, Sway Lee from Ray Strimmer brought him out on the arena. That mm-hmm. song's got half a billion plays right now on Spotify. He completely blew up. Arizona service. Shout out to homie. He opened for me in San Diego. He like He used to hit me up and be like, yo, Living the dream is sick, man. I want to make music. I'm a hockey player, blah, blah, blah. And then one day he's like, I want to open for you. And he came down to San Diego and it was pretty awesome. Like that's, I guess in that moment, it wasn't crazy. But looking back at how well he's done, I'm like, you know, it's pretty stoked. Pretty, pretty sweet to like see what he's done. So having him there was crazy. Um, I don't know. In Toronto, we had like Zach Bell, the always hockey, the hockey Jedi. Mm-hmm. 
he was my doorman collecting the money because they wouldn't let him in the show. He wasn't old enough. So I lied to the venue and said he's with us on tour. He's our manager. So I made him collect all the money and then he got just blacked out hammer with us. It's great. <laughs> it was fun. But okay, I think probably the best story is yeah, in Manhattan, <laughs> New York City. I'm up on the mic. There's this beautiful girl, front row, skinny dress, you know, like just eyeballing me the whole time. I'm trying to focus, not forget lyrics. I'm hammered, you know. Got blood flow going. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, the way she's looking at me, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going home with this girl for sure. <laughs> like, it's no doubt in my mind. And then after the show is over, it's always like a pretty nice party with everyone because like I'm not someone to be like, oh, I'm going backstage and not hanging out with you guys, you know. Right. I'm not putting on shows like that, you know. It's like fucking, I'm playing at bars. It's like 50 to 100 people. Like, I'm let's let's drink and party after, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm not, a lot of these bars didn't even have a backstage. Like, I was at the bar with the people before I went on stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just buying people beers and shit. But yeah, so get drunk with this girl, start talking to her. And then after the show's over, we like go to some fucking after party. And we're at some like house, some really sick like condo plex thing in manhattan and the first floor you know i had like the receptionist with security and all that they had like a movie theater there like a home movie theater like a pretty big one and there's like always movies playing in there and there was no one in there so i go in there with her because we were at a party in the apartment i couldn't be in there with her i'm trying to be alone with this chick you know Mm -hmm. and we go to the movie theater we start banging there's cameras in this fucking room like lots of (laughs) them So I'm like on all fours, you know, <laughs> with this chick and security walks in and immediately it's like, oh, fuck, like putting on our clothes. And he's like, I'm calling the police. Don't go anywhere. I didn't know what to do. And I was drunk. So I panicked and I just started speaking Swedish. So I, <laughs> I had an idea in my head. It's like, well, if I pretend like I don't understand him and pretend I'm foreign, maybe he'll let I'll me go. Let me yeah. So he starts saying, I'm calling the police. and I just started like walking past him. And then he starts like being like, hey, I'm talking to you. And I was like, oh, like just making random sounds that sounded like Swedish and yeah. the few Swedish words that I knew at the time. And I was like, eh, uh, no, no English, no English. And then I just like walked out and he was really upset. And it was like, <laughs> fuck, we tried getting back into my buddy's house. They're all passed out. I have nowhere to sleep. I'm on the streets of fucking Manhattan, New York. My phone is dying and I have a fucking plane flight to the Czech Republic the next day at like 12 to report for a fucking training camp. I, I, I purposely planned a show in New York City the day before because I had to like do a layover from LA to New York anyways mm-hmm. to get over to Europe. I didn't have yeah. a direct flight. So I was like, yeah, I'll do like a two-day layover. I'll rip a show while I'm at it. My phone's dying, my charger, all my shit's in my friend's apartment. They're drunk. They're not answering. And I'm just like, God damn it. Now it's like four in the morning. I'm on the streets in Manhattan and my phone's about to die. I'm with this chick. I'm like, this night just got so bad. And then two guys are like fiddling in some apartment next to us, like trying to get in their door. And this girl's like, I got this. And she's like, hey, boys. And the guys are like, oh, okay, what's up? She's like, what do you guys do tonight? And they're like, oh, these guys were, like, these guys were black. They're like, oh, we're just getting home from the bars. She's like, yeah, you guys want to party? And they were like, yeah. And she's like, do you mind my brother comes with? Like, brother. So 
these guys are like, oh, yeah, for sure. So we're like in these guys' house, and man, this is like a tweaker pad. This is like a like a this is like a this like a crack house, man. This shit was just trash everywhere, like just all sorts of paraphernalia. And these dudes just like pass out on the couch with us in there, in their house. So you know, I start rifling to the fridge. I grab myself an apple, a couple slices of cheese. I'm macking. Yep. And then we go to we just open a bedroom door of one of these dudes' beds, and we just jump in his bed and start, you know, we start hooking up. And the sun's coming up, and I'm I can't believe this is life right now. Like, where am I? Like, and then eventually, like, I think we fell asleep for like two hours. Woke up, those dudes are still passed out, all their clothes on the couch, just twacked out. And then, yeah, I ended up, like, just leaving this guy's apartment. I used one of their phone chargers. I was in that bedroom to charge my phone. And, like, everything worked out. Yep. Woke up, said bye to that chick. On your way to check the public. And he answered, ran up to his apartment, grabbed my suitcases, my bags, went back down, waved down a taxi. I was like, JFK, please. And then I was on a plane to the Jamaica Get me the <laughs> fuck out of here. <clears throat> Love it. All right, so I'm going to hit you. I'm going to have you. <laughs> Holy fuck. That yeah, that's – um. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. That's that's funny shit. Uh, so and then you get to the Czech Republic, and then I mean, you fucking get there, and you get in the locker room, and then bang, you were tweeting about it uh, the other night. So just and then that's oh, when Bono comes into play. You're in the locker room. Dude, I remember showing up the training camp. It's like August. August. I remember like I'm doing the craziest off ice like training you would ever see in your life. Like it was so Czech. It was so. Eastern European. What, what kind of shit do they do differently than like you do off ice here? Dude, we were like playing crab soccer. You know, like crab. Oh, yeah. We're on all fours and yeah, you're on all fours. Yeah. yeah, we're like you know going like this to train yeah. like leg. We're doing all sorts of crazy shit. I remember, I remember one time they made us carry actual stones, like real stones. Like they didn't even like that's so like chick. Like why not just use weight plates? Like we're carrying stones up a hill. And we're having to run up a hill with like miniature boulders. And this hill is like pretty steep. And you go to the top and you go back down and you're waiting in line. I remember the kid in front of me in line, like two steps up the hill, he like fainted. Like it was uh, August, like 100 degrees. And he just like fucking buckled on the hill, drops the stone, the stone rolls down. His like corpse, we'll call it, is just. Sorry. His, his body's just laying on the hill, like right in front of me. And the two Czech trainers, like these big, like, ball, you know, Czech-looking guys, literally just one grabs his feet, one grabs his arms, and they literally just take him and throw him down the hill, like, off to the side. And then the guy at the bottom of the hill just dumps a bucket of water on him. <laughs> and I remember just being like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? And the whole time going on, like, hardcore, like, deep Eastern Euro techno is playing the... Like, right. Like, it's so weird. But, uh, yeah, ended up being a really shit season. And so I get sent down a league. And this is where Gordy comes in the picture. Um, Gordy, but now, I mean, you guys know him since you're from the DMV area. Um, shout out, Gordy, one of my best friends. Right? Yeah, Gordo, Gordo's the man. His dad, too. Big Gordo. They're yeah, all yeah, nuts, yeah. Man. Yeah, the Banals, Gordy, like that's my dude. That's my brother for life. I got mm-hmm. so much love for that guy. He's a great person. Um, but yeah, I grew up playing with him in Virginia on the Mad Dogs till I was like 10. And then once once my family like moved back to the West Coast, this is like kind of pre-social media days. So like 
and I didn't have a cell phone either. I was kind of too young. And so I kind of just like lost touch with a lot of my Virginia friends until like Facebook came around and a lot of us started like re-adding each other after many years. But at that point, it's like, what's the point of, you know, getting back in touch? Life goes on, you know, you just kind of move on from people and relationships. So I just didn't really have Gordy on like any social media, I don't think. I just had to talk to him in like eight years since I left Virginia. I didn't even know Gordy was playing ice hockey or hockey anymore. I haven't heard from him in so fucking long. Turns out Gordy's doing the same shit I'm doing, bouncing around minor leagues in Europe. And he's playing in Slovakia at the time. I'm playing in Czech Republic. I had no idea of it, aware of, like I was not aware of this, that one of my childhood friends was one country over in another league. And one day I get sent down to the league below me. On that same fucking day, Gordy gets traded from Slovakia to the Czech Republic. Obviously, it used to be one country, Czechoslovakia, but two countries now. Um, he gets traded from the Slovakia League to the Czech League to the same fucking team that I just got sent down to. Now, Gordy had already gotten situated there. He hops on the bus. They're going on a road trip. They're supposed to pick me up at the gas station. Yeah, because how you got to that gas station is kind of a fucking wild. I mean, isn't, yeah, so, isn't it right when you got to Czech Republic, you're sitting there with Patrick Elias in the locker room? And then, boom, yeah, that, the bus yeah, that, dumps you at a gas station? The, that was on the, yeah, the first team I was with in the top league, or in the, in the, in the first team I was playing for. Uh, that team is called Eske Oraska Slavia Trebic. And it's actually the hometown of Patrick Elias and uh, Martin Irat. Okay. And, and Thomas Sabotka. So there's, like, okay. a couple NHL players that come from this small town, and they train there in the summers before they go back to the NHL. Uh, the captain of my team was actually Roman Nirat, which is Martin Nirat's brother. Um, so, like, I kind of just show up there and fucking Patrick Elias and, and, and Martin Nirat are in the locker room. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I was just getting kicked out of a movie theater, like, last night <laughs> with some shit from a rap show. And now I'm, like, tying my skates locker room talk with Martin Elias or Patrick Elias and Martin Nirat. <laughs> I'm just like, no, and they were the only ones I was talking to because none of the other guys spoke English and they played in the NHL their whole career. So obviously they spoke English. So I'm, I'm at, like, we're doing drills. I'm like, Hey, what's up, Patrick? Uh, like, what are we doing here? Like a two on one or something. I was doing two on ones with Patrick Elias. I remember one time he opened up for a one T and I put the puck like three feet in front of him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like it's, a, it's stressful doing drills yeah. with, like, with NHLers. Like, dude, and I, you totally see why, like they play in the show and had long careers. Like, even at his age at the time, like, man, he was really good, like, just technical and did everything right. Um, he ended up giving me a ride home from practice. I was like, hey, Patrick, uh, I, I live kind of far, and uh, uh, I-, I need a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up watching this guy, like, win cups, and I'm like, can I have a ride home, please? <laughs> and he gives me a ride home. He had, like, a shake beamer or something. Um yeah, yeah, that was cool. That that whole like for that league I was playing in, the Czech second league, is pretty short lived. Like I was there for like four months, and then yeah, I get sent down. The day I get sent down, both my team, my current team, and my new team were on road trips. They had away games, so they coordinated with the other team. Like, hey, we're sending him down. This was the farm team for the team I was on. We're sending him down to you guys to see how he does, and we'll call him back up when he's ready, if he's ready. Um, we'll meet you guys. We'll drop him off at this gas station on the side of the highway, which was like 
somewhere where both teams were crossing the road at some point. There's only like two main highways in the Czech Republic. So they just dropped me off at a fucking gas station and they're just like, eh, new team, bus, come. And then You're like, fuck. It's like left. And I'm just like sitting on my bag at a gas station, like, what the fuck is going on? I have no cell phone service, no Wi Fi. Like, this other team's not even, not even coming at this point. Yeah, like, exactly. Fuck this. Yeah, like, fuck this. And then all of a sudden, like, a bus pulls up. It's obviously a hockey bus. And I'm just like, all right, it's got to be them. And, you know, they kind of like wave me over. I'm like, all right, for sure. Put the bag on the bus, get on the fucking bus, do like a quick scan. Like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, a bunch of Czech dudes are just going to be like, who's this fucking American kid? And all of a sudden, I just like, I'm, I'm like, am I dreaming right now? Like, is this real? I'm like, I haven't seen this face in eight years, but I know who it is. But I didn't believe it for like, a, I was stunned for a couple seconds. I'm like, Gordy? He was like, Charles? And we were both like, kind of like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I played roller hockey with you when I was like 12. Why are you on a bus in the middle of a farmland in the Czech Republic third league for ice hockey? Like a fucking Twilight Zone. Yeah, man. It was really weird. And all the other guys on the bus were like, what's going on with these guys? It's fucking weird. <laughs> they thought we were just like connecting because we were American, but like, it was, yeah. So I shake all the boys' hands and then I sit next to Gordy and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you got to explain yourself. Like, what is happening? And <laughs> we just caught up over like three hours on the road and talked about life and how we both ended up over there. And his past situation was really shit. Mine was shit. And there we were in the locker room getting ready to go play a game in the Czech Republic together. And then after that, we went back to the hometown. They put us in a little sport hotel, which is pretty much an old school, like USSR, like just the shittiest bunker looking room you could imagine. No heat, nothing, just super. It's literally like a room attached to the rink. And we were living, we were living in it. And it was like so dust. You couldn't even imagine so after like two weeks of that, we were like, yeah, fuck this. Gordy's like, I'm fucking bouncing. I'm going to Sweden or I'm going home. I can't do this anymore. Like, even with me, it was still like a bad situation. Like, and then we talked to the owner. We were like, we need a fucking apartment or we're out. Right. And the owner is just like, oh, I got a house that you guys can live at. I'm never there. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have our whole house. <laughs> we're never there. There you go. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, you guys should have asked me earlier. Like, oh, fuck. So he lives in a house like 15 minutes outside of the small town that we were playing out of. It was in a little village, which was like eight houses around a pond called Lipkova Voda. There was no markets, no stores, nothing. Just literally houses around a pond. And then surrounding the pond was a never-ending forest. <laughs> and basically, me and Gordy were just living out here in this house. He was working all day at the rink because he was the president of the club. And what the fuck? Yeah, Gordy so, was? No, not Gordy. Oh, the guy. Oh, the, the guy, guy was. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, no, Gordy was not. Um, <laughs> I was to say, that'd be some... Yeah, so this dude's like, you know, he's a hard worker, trying to make the club stay afloat and all that. So he's like at the office of the rink a lot. And we're just like living in this like really nice house in this village by a pond. And they have like chickens and all this shit. So we would go out to the coop every morning, grab a couple of eggs. Me and Gordy, like two childhood Virginia friends just in this village in the middle of the forest in Czech Republic, like cooking up eggs from the coop. Like we were laughing literally every morning, me and Gordy woke up. We just laughed. The first thing we do is laugh. First thing we were sharing a bedroom too upstairs and, and we would just like wake up and we just both kind of like, like, 
this is real life. Like, we what the fuck is happening right now? It's just every, another day. every day was like just another day of twilight. Like, we couldn't believe it. Um, but the team itself was like, you know, they weren't playing us. They weren't like giving us power play time. They were kind of like a bunch of local guys that just weren't giving us any love. And it, it quickly became a situation like from our past teams. The only difference was we had each other now. Mm-hmm. So, and we were living in a house and it was good to see him. So we both kind of stuck around for each other to not make each other miserable if one of us left. Yeah. And we started like smoking a bunch of bud because I don't know, like, there's nothing to do. What the fuck else is there to do? Yeah, there was nothing else to do. Like, we were just kind of drinking wine, and every once in a while, we'd just like go out in the forest. Well, every day, we'd go out in the forest, and we'd just like spark up a J and like just chill and just get our minds off hockey and whatnot. And then, kind of like your escape. Yeah, I stayed, stayed there for a couple months, and then I got called back up to the other league, and I said bye to Gordy, and he lasted like five days, and then he left to Sweden. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, well, I can't do this without anyone else to like talk to or anyone else to hang out with. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. That's, I would have done the same fucking thing if I were Gordy. Yeah. I remember one day we, we rolled up to Pracky. Like we never did this. Like this is only like a strictly like a forest thing where we would like spend our whole day in the forest. We bring food and backpacks and like maybe a couple cold beers and like a pre-rolled joint. One day we decided, like, we were so upset with hockey. We were just like, fuck this. Like, it's not even fun anymore. So we decided to, to sneak out of the locker room and rip a J. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, being in that locker room, like, baked in the Czech Republic was a fucking experience. Yeah, so I was like, where the – with all these motherfuckers that don't like me or really know me and yeah, we're just sitting here just high as hell together. Yeah, it was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like, I can't wait to, like – and the Czech Republic is such – a great country with such rich culture, amazing food, amazing beer, amazing hockey. But if you're an outsider there, it's like, you're never going to be on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kyle brought it up earlier and you kind of mentioned staying at the rink in Czech Republic before you got the house, but the, the roller league, I think over off the coast of Africa where you're sleeping on the bench. Uh, yeah. So yeah, after that year in the Czech Republic, I was just like, I'm fucking done. Like, this adventure has gone too far. I wound up in a shitty situation. You know, I, things didn't work out in Knoxville. And now it happened a second time where things didn't work out in check. And then I went down to the third league and it was just like rough bounce one after another. And I was like, okay, I'm not just going to keep doing this. Like, this isn't fun anymore. Fuck hockey. So I went back to San Diego after that season. And I just had a whole summer to think about things, you know, reevaluate things. And basically I came to the conclusion, like, I didn't like hockey anymore. I, I, I didn't even watch NHL for like two years. I didn't watch one game, maybe like the Stanley Cup final or whatever. Um, I didn't care about hockey. I lost my love for it. And I was still always playing roller hockey in the summers in San Diego with my friends because that's what that's I grew up playing roller. The roller was always fun to me. Roller was always like, this is that summertime fun sport with the boys where there's no hitting, there's no fire. Carefree, you can dangle. It's like eight players. You get a ton of ice time. It's, it's just all, a it's game. So, it's so right. loose and laid back. Yep. There's no like coach saying like, hey, you got to be here at eight o'clock. And if you were late, we're going to trade you. And you're not allowed to have long hair and no drinking on the weekends, boys. We got a game. There's none of that shit. Like roller hockey, you can do whatever you want. You can smoke a fucking – you can take shrooms before the game. No one cares. There's no, yep. there's no yep. coaches. There's, there's just a free – it's like a very free-spirited version of ice hockey, I guess. And 
I always look forward to like long after long brutal ice hockey seasons of injuries and just the grind and always having to be places on time and watching film. I always looked forward to summertime roller with boys. It was like a place of, it was like a happy place. It was like that feeling of why we all love hockey. It's like, you're just out there playing for the love of the game. There's no one's trying to get scouted. It's just roller hockey. Now, were you doing just in San Diego or were you like traveling uh, to summer tournaments like Narch tours, yeah, all yeah. that? I was, you know, playing locally in San Diego, playing in the streets with my boys. And then, yeah, I would do a couple summer tourneys here and there, but not, usually just the ones in California. I went to a few outside yeah. California, but usually after a hockey season, I just want to stay home. I don't feel like traveling too much for hockey. Like I usually just do one or two tourneys and then just like the Wednesday pickups with the boys at Skate San right. Diego, our local rink. Um, so I always related like roller hockey to like freedom and happiness and roller hockey is a fucking beautiful sport. And I do relate it to freedom and happiness. It, it is the free spirited version of ice hockey. Um, so once I was done with ice hockey, once I made that decision, or at least I was over it for the moment. I kind of just stayed home and was like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm just going to chill here and play roller hockey and live in San Diego. I mean, that's where my family's from. That's where I'm born and raised. It's not a bad place to be. San Diego. No, I mean, honestly, it sounds like a life. <laughs> yeah, San Diego is a very gorgeous place. And I have a good support system there. I have good friends there. Um, for me, like all my music friends are there. So I was just like, you know what? I did the whole like, you know, took a run at it in ice hockey. I've been moving around a lot. Maybe I should settle down. Sure, I was fucking wrong. September, October, November rolls around. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking miss hockey, dude. I need to get out of San Diego. I need to, I need to like just shake my life up again. And yeah, around Christmas time, I was like starting to think, like, don't they play roller hockey like professionally in Europe? Because I knew some California kids that did that. Right. So I messaged one of my boys. I'm like, yo, what's up with Spain? You've been out there for like six years or some shit, right? Like they're, they're paying you money. He's like, yeah. You know, he tells me the amount. I'm like, dude, that's more than I was making in minor league in ice hockey. What the fuck? What was Spain like? He's like, oh, it's insane. Like, it's insane. You would fucking love it. And I was like, can you get me out there? And here in Spain, there's like eight teams in the league. Only four teams even have import players because they can, only four teams can even afford to have foreign players. And each team has like two imports. So that makes like eight spots for foreign players. There's just not a lot of room here. So he tells me like, yeah, man, I can't get you out here. It's pretty tough. And it's the middle of the season right now. So I'll let you know if I hear anything, but whatever. So all right, for sure. Like on January 3rd, I get a phone call from this dude. And he's like, yo, the team in the Canary Islands have two guys from Finland that just got fired. The coach fired them. They're looking for two players. They hit me up, asked if I know anyone. Do you want to go play in the Canary Islands? I was like, where? <laughs> Google Maps, hold on, what the fuck? Yo, I Google Maps that shit so quick. I was like, Canary Islands. I'm looking, like, where the fuck is this? And there's these couple dots off the coast of Morocco, Africa, the, off the coast of Western Sahara, like the Sahara Desert, a couple yeah. dots, like just off the coast. I was like, what? And I was like, what league is that, dude? Like, the African Hockey League? What the fuck are you getting into? <laughs> like, nah. He's like, nah, nah, it's Spain. And I was like, what do you mean? 
I didn't understand it. But essentially, it's like what Hawaii is to the states. You know, right. it's, it's part of USA, but it's a territory that's far away. So it's about like a three-hour plane flight from the mainland of Spain. But it's, it's, it's more or less Africa, like terrain-wise, nature-wise. Right. Like half the island is just straight dunes, like straight Egyptian-looking desert. And I was just like, what the fuck? And he was like, I need to know like by today if you're in or out. So it's like, all right. I was like, why not? I'm like, fuck it. Back to the fuck it yeah. mentality. Yeah, that, just back to that. Like, you never know where an experience is going to lead you. So I just kind of fucking jumped on it. And yeah, like a week later, I was just in the Canary Islands, like playing fucking roller hockey. And I was just like, what the fuck? That's nuts. I mean, what what are what would you say probably the bet the most fun season you've had in ter- whether it's like location or team wise roller ice? I mean, you've been plenty of places, leagues, you name it. Um, man, they're all different, you know. Right. It's it's all hockey with the boys, so like every season is fucking usually a blast. I mean, minus a few like you know, Czech Republic wasn't that sick, but Gordy was there, so that was sick. But I don't know, like. I had some really fun seasons with the extreme. I had, I mean, in New Mexico was insane. Like that was, I'd never been on a team with all beauties. Like everyone was insanely like so cool. I I had a lot of fun in New Mexico. It's really hard to put a finger on it, dude. I I feel you. I feel you. I guess the best like location wise, probably the Canary Islands just because that's insane. Like it's just some shit you don't think of. A fucking Spanish island off the coast of Africa. Is that not the craziest place in the world to play hockey? Roller yeah. <laughs> hockey league. Like, what the fuck? I'll, I'll wait. Is there any place crazier where you can get play paid to get hockey. paid to play hockey? Because I know there's like some kind of, I saw a YouTube thing like ice hockey in Kenya or like you can find hockey rinks in Thailand and shit or New Zealand, but like a, a proper league. Yeah, like a professional. That's got to pay you. That's going to pay you. Yeah, that's got to be the crazy situation. It's literally Spanish, but African at the same time. It's like a mix of Spanish and Africa. And everyone that lives there is like immigrants from Colombia and Venezuela. So it's like super colorful, like Latino culture. And it's like, I'm walking around like, I'm fucking playing hockey. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, would you play people from uh, from Spain or just like from the island? Would it just be teams Spain. from the island? So we, we, that team is in the Spanish league. So like we had to fly to the mainland for like all of our away games. And it's always it. like, Three hour flight. That's a um, home 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 rink advantage there. Other teams yeah, that is. island. Dude, big home rink advantage. Every time people come to go play them, like a lot of times like they get problems at the airport and forfeits happen. Like it's hard getting down there kind of because there's like not a lot of flights that go there every day and like one problem yeah. and it's fucked. Um so that was a really fun time. And then I did one season there and they asked me to come back and I was like, nah, I'm gonna get back into ice hockey. Thanks though. Went home that summer and I was like, you know, Spain was fucking insane. Like, I really liked it there. I'm going to try to go back. Fuck it. Right. So that's where you are currently now, yeah? I'm not in the Canary Islands anymore. I'm in Mallorca. In in, in Spain, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Spain. So I I wasn't able to go back there because they already signed players. So I I found a new spot. I've been here in Mallorca now for – this is my third season here. And this place is just – it's an island actually as well. Um, but it's like really, it's off right off the coast of the mainland, off the coast of Barcelona. Um, it's really, really insanely beautiful here. Like it looks like Hawaii. 
Yeah, I mean, just looking at your picks, like where you live and shit, it's just kind of like that's a just an awesome looking place. Yeah, so it's so gorgeous here. I yeah. feel like super blessed to like yeah. be here and have the opportunity to be here, and I'm really happy here. I got good friends here, so I never played anywhere for three years, and I've stayed here for three years because it's, it's really looking back on it, this might be the best place I've ever played. It's just it's great here. Awesome. So we'll start to kind of wrap it up for you so we don't hold you cool. all, all damn night. But yeah, well, we got a couple that, more questions. Go ahead, AB. I was going like, to say, ask whatever, whatever. I'm on quarantine, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've heard a couple of crazy stories from you. Um, well, because you were, I, I heard you on the Roller Dad podcast. So let's get into the story of. Um, Shout out, Roller Dad news. Yep. Um, your brother, what did he get? Like, bit by a monkey or something? Huh. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess. But 
the monkey just like turned around and was like, Aah! and just like shot right on my brother's forehead. And my brother was like, oh, fuck. and those monkeys are like they're fucking riddled with diseases, man. Like they're just yeah. crawling all sorts of shit. And it's known that those monkeys in Thailand, like some of them have rabies. And rabies isn't a joke. Uh, I think everyone who gets rabies dies, like for like ninety five percent. It's like once it takes like two weeks to to kick in, like to offset. Is that the word? Uh, but once once rabies like kicks in, like it's pretty like ninety percent lethal or something. Yeah. And so we're like on this little fucking island in the middle of nowhere in Thailand, and we're like, what the fuck? And my brother's like, damn, that was crazy. And then like within like three hours, my brother falls like really really sick, like ill as fuck. And we were packing up our bags to go from this one little island to this other island. And we already had like money invested. And so we got to go. We we're like taking this real sketchy boat to the fucking water. And just going like this little wooden boat. Just fucking water in the boat. Uh-huh. Like, and my brother's just kind of like going like this. Like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I'm like, fuck. Then we arrive at the new place. And we actually got a fucking hotel, which was good timing. But there was no air conditioning in there or it didn't work. And my brother's like, I need air, I need air, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, it's so fucking hot. And he starts getting really sick, and I'm running around the hotel trying to find staff to fix the air conditioning or switch us rooms. And he just gets worse and worse, and to the point where he's just like not even talking anymore. It's just like, uh, like over his bed with a bucket to throw up. And I'm thinking like, dude, my brother got fucking rabies. Like, and now I'm doing research and Google scaring the shit out of me. You know? Right. Not good to research, but now I'm tripping, dude. And I'm like, fucking hell. But I'm also in Thailand. And I'm trying to like enjoy my time there. So now I'm like playing babysitter to my brother. We're there with four other friends. They're not watching out for him. Like yeah. they're there to live their lives. So right. they all go to this. There's like this bar in the jungle. It was like a reggae bar. It was a live Thailand reggae Bob Marley cover band. And at the bar, there was shitloads of monkeys. You can buy joints from the bartender. You can buy magic mushroom margaritas. <laughs> like this place is insane. And they're having the time of their lives texting me all this shit. Like, come, come, come. I'm like, fuck. Like, all right, my brother's already passed out. Like, I check his heart. Like, he's breathing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just keep checking on him. Like, every hour is like a 10 minute walk to the bar. So I start going to the bar. I ended up performing that night. The reggae band gets off stage. And then some other dude comes up and just starts playing reggae on the guitar. And I start just spitting bars, freestyling, like, blacked <laughs> out. Takes, you know, I had some magic mushroom, margarita, smoking joint. Like, I was faded as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was living that silent life. Every hour, going back to check on my bro. And he's just like, not doing well. And I'm like, really scared. And then the next day, he's still alive. So I'm like, fuck. I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe he just got some kind of sickness from the monkey, but it's not rabies. He'll beat it. We found some medic eventually that was like, just give him these pills. It's like nausea pills. Gave him the pills, and then he ended up like being all right. Yeah, that's yeah. I was about to say because Thailand, there's probably not many hospitals, <laughs> or at least good ones you can just kind of go to and get your shit solved. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. strange. Is that the same trip you got into a? You did a kickboxing fight. Yeah, that's the same trip. That was like two days before the monkey bite. Um, there's like these boxing bars in Thailand where it's pretty genius. Like it's just a bar with a boxing ring in the middle, and anyone can fight. And if you fight, you get free drinks. That's what you say. Because it's like, how genius is that? Watching drunk people from the bar like box. I mean, that sounds like a bar, like a West Virginia bar. Honestly, I feel yeah, like great entertainment. I feel like a West yeah, Virginia. It's so, would do that. it's so 
so genius. I mean, obviously, I would never fly in the States, but. Yeah. Um, you know, you wear, you wear gloves and, like, a helmet, and there's a proper referee. It's a ring, you know, the whole bouncy floor, the whole fucking thing, and you get free drinks. And so my brothers and me are like, wow, like, we should, we're watching other drunk guys fight, and we, like, put our name on the list of people that want to fight. And then my brother looks over at the corner of the bar, and fucking Seth Green is there. The actor. Right, yeah, right. Like from Entourage and fucking yeah. Mini and Austin Powers and shit. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, dude, that's him. That's him. And I was like, no, it's not. He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, holy shit, it is. And I was like, bro, you won't ask him to fight. And he's like, dude, imagine if I fought Seth Green in Thailand and knocked him out. Like, they're the best. <laughs> so, like, a lot of the dumb shit me and my brother do is that we do it for the story. Like, like I mean, obviously, we do it to, like, live in the moment, but also, like, no, we, we're both very aware, like, this is going to be such a fucking mm-hmm. funny story if this happens. Yeah. So, like, my brother rolls up to Seth Green. He's like, yeah, you know, Seth Green, Seth Green is probably used to people approaching him all the time. Brother rolls up to him. He's like, yo, Seth, like, no, you trying to fight? Seth's <laughs> 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 like, who are you? He's like, oh, big fan, man, like, whatever. And Seth's like, he was really cool. He was like, yeah, nah, man, I'm really fucked up right now. I'm just trying to enjoy my night, watch the fights. And he was, like, alone for the group. And we're like, all right, cool. And then we walked away. And then I was like, why don't we just fight, bro? And so, yeah, we were next up. And they just gave us gloves. And we just were hammered and went at it and got free drinks out of it. It was great. Hell yeah. That's... Who won the fight? Uh, it was a draw, actually. Like, Yeah, there was no, like, major. There's a couple, like, I landed a couple, like, really big ones on my brother's head. And a couple, like, really fucking heavy ones on my head. I actually climbed up the ropes at one point and did a WWE jump body slam. <laughs> yeah, I climbed up on the, I climbed up on the ropes and looked at the whole bar, which was like fifty people. And I was like, Ugh! and everyone was like, Whoa! and they hyped me up, and I was fucking like, Stone Cold Steve Austin just jumped. It was so it was like a dream come true. Just put um, on a fucking show for the people. Yeah, like, neither of us like really knock each other out. And obviously, like we're I mean we were fighting each other, but like we weren't trying to like kill each other. Yeah, you were like laughing the entire time I was happening. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of dangerous. Like when strangers get, I saw strangers fight. Like they don't know each other, and like when a stranger hits you, you do you get mad. Yeah. And like I saw some guys like really wailing on each other while drunk, like seriously, like getting hit in the head hard. Like that can't be safe at all. Yeah. But if it really <laughs> smacks you in the fucking jaw, it's like all right, whatever. I'll just pop him back, and we're good. Yeah, and like yeah, so it was fine. Um, and then the other story I was listening to is you almost died from an allergic reaction or something. Yeah. Last, last summer, um, I almost died <laughs> from what go into that story. What, what the fuck happened? What'd you, what'd you take uh, or eat? I ate shrimp. I'm allergic to shellfish and I was really deep in the jungle of Guatemala and I my brother, and he, I got chicken Alfredo, and he got like shrimp Alfredo, and I thought he was chicken Alfredo too. So when I finished my chicken Alfredo, I was still hungry, and I was like, yeah, let me get a bite. And this actually, on our two-week trip down there to Central America, we hadn't really been drinking very much. We were kind of just like in nature. Like me and my brothers were all like really kind of relating back to my mom, like kind of like got a little hippie in us, like we're really mm-hmm. big in like, nature, just like walking around barefoot, mountains and all that kind of weird shit. Uh, so we were kind of just like exploring nature and waterfalls a lot. We were like down there to party last summer. 
But on this one specific night, we were at like a hostel on the river, and it was kind of like a party vibe, and we decided to get fucked up this night. And so we bought a handle of tequila, and we were just down in this tequila. And by dinner time, we were just like, you know, when you're blacked out at dinner, like it's such yeah. a great feeling. Yep. And I was like pretty blacked, and he was like, nah, man, you can't have a bite. And I was like, man, give me a fucking bite. Stop being a bitch. Like, give me a bite. And he was like, nah. I thought it was chicken alfredo, it was shrimp. He gets up and goes to the bathroom. So I just you know, reach over the table and take my fork and you know, stab a little chicken, I thought it was, a bit of shrimp, you know, get a little pasta, swirl it up, shove it in my mouth. Five minutes later, I'm like going like this, rub my nose, my eyes start getting itchy, and then I could like tell, you know, I I'm a very I'm allergic to like everything. Like as I said earlier, like I touch my nose a lot because I have a fucked up nose. I'm just allergic to a lot of shit. So I'm aware of what allergies feel like when they're kicking in. And I felt them like so strong. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And like every minute it just got worse and worse and more strong. And then like eventually it was to the point where it was noticeable. One of the kids I was eating dinner with was like, yo, man, you good? And I was like, uh, like playing it off. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm straight. He's like, no, 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 you don't look good. Like, your face is swollen. Your lips are huge. And I was like, what? And I opened my selfie camera, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then so immediately I, I'm like, okay, you know, what did I eat? And I'm like, I said fucking chicken Alfredo. And I couldn't put the pieces together for, like, five minutes. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> I've only eaten shellfish once in my life. That was when I was 20 and I had a really bad allergic reaction, but I was in Corpus Christi and I had my hockey trainer around and he like had everything to need and I wasn't drunk and I was, I ended up being fine. It was still bad then. I was like throwing up and everything, but I kind of forgot about that. It's been seven years and I just like ate shrimp and then I was like, Oh no, I forgot. I'm allergic to shellfish. And I was like, that's gotta be what it is. And I was like, this is going to be really bad because I remember my first allergic reaction was really, really bad. And now in the middle of the jungle in Guatemala was not the time to be having an allergic reaction without an EpiPen. And I start panicking because now I know what it is. And I know that I'm like potentially deathly allergic to this. And knowing the circumstances of the situation and where I was geographically and just like the country I was in at the time, like I didn't know how their medical system was or anything. I started tripping balls. Like I'm fucking drunk and now I'm having this reaction. So my friend's like, do you want some pills? I have some like, he had some like knockoff Guatemala, like Claritin clear kind of pills. And I had no other choice, you know? So I, I take these two pills. Five minutes later, my friend starts reading like the fucking pill box and the fucking box says, do not mix with alcohol, like lethal. Uh And I'm like, fucking hell, bro. I just took like two of these things and I'm drunk as shit. And now I'm having an allergic reaction. So I have like these three terrible things happening at the same time. And keep in mind, it's like a hundred degrees and the humidity is like, yeah, it's like Maryland on August day. You know what that's like? It's just fucking tough. I'm having a lot of, and my breath is like getting worse and worse. I'm having a lot of trouble breathing. And eventually like it just starts closing up everything. My eyes, like 
my my lungs. And I started like gasping for air and everyone's like surrounding me and I'm kind of pan I'm panicking. I'm I'm my anxiety is making it worse than it is. And then I kind of told everyone that was around me to like leave, like give me space. I just want to be around my brother in case because at this point I shifted from like I'm having a bad allergic reaction. They called 911 at this point and that made me panic any any even more once I realized that mm-hmm. we needed 911 because I told them. I was like, I was sitting there trying to ride it out, like, <clears throat> like trying to breathe. And then I was eventually at one point, I was like, call 911 now because I could feel it in my body something was really wrong. And then while I'm waiting for the ambulance, who knows? I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, who knows what their ambulance is or when they're coming? But all I knew was it was getting harder and harder to breathe. And it got to the point where I started having like really bad thoughts, like really negative thoughts. Like, it went from like kind of hopeful, like I'll be straight. I'm a fucking hockey player. That'll be fine. To like, yo, you're 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 gonna die. Like I was having those thoughts. Like mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're gonna there's a good chance you're gonna die. And I was like, oh fuck, man. Like, so like I just wanted to be around my brother, and you know, because if that was my last moment, I didn't want to be surrounded by ten people. So I just told my brother, I was like, hey, just keep talking to me. Be positive. Just, mm-hmm. just, just don't let go. Just keep, keep talking to me. That's all I want right now. So like, yeah. he's just talking about the future, and you know, like, yeah, man, like, when we get home, we're gonna do all this shit. Just trying to be positive, and like, I could feel myself blacking out. Like, you know, when you stand up too fast and you see all the stars, uh-huh. dude, I was starting to see that. Jesus, yeah, Christ. like, it's, I was getting a breath in like every thirty seconds. Like, I was trying, and then I'd be like. And then I would hold on to that breath as long as I could because I knew the next one, I didn't know when the next one would be coming. And then, yeah, I just remember like pretty much like it got to the point where I couldn't even like think anymore bad thoughts. I couldn't be like, oh, I'm going to die. I just got to the point where I didn't, I wasn't like feeling anything. I was yeah. just kind of like, I was literally dozing off like into yeah, unconsciousness. Yep. And my brother was talking and it started sounding really dreamy, like, mm-hmm. you know, very reverber- reverberated, like, like a fucking dream. I was literally fading. I was, I was knocking out, man. And then I remember my chin just going, bro, my chin gets tilted up and then tubes go right up my fucking nose. And then like, I open my eyes like a minute later and I see like a paramedic and they had an oxygen tank. The quotes and- again, paramedic. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a real, like, it was, yeah. it was but it's I mean, something. It was, it was somebody that had some kind of knowledge and had some kind of equipment. It was like a really mm-hmm. old school oxygen tank, but it was an oxygen tank. It got right. the job done and it actually it's saved what you my needed. life. And so then they fucking loaded me up on the stretcher, threw me in the ambulance. I'm still like fucked up. Like, still, like, my brain has been lacking oxygen. I'm still like, and I asked them if my brother could come in the ambulance because I still didn't know if I was, like, going to make it. I, just, I, just, I remember just telling my brother, go, go, go. And so he comes with me. And then, like, the sirens of the ambulance, like, that's just, like, making me panic even more. Like, I'm like, this is so real right now. Like, mm-hmm. sirens, there's always people around me. And then in the ambulance, they're, like, asking all these questions. I'm, like, barely able to respond. My brother doesn't know enough Spanish. We arrived to, like, a fire fireman garage kind of thing like it was just a weird garage and there was like a couple firemen like drinking whiskey and playing poker and smoking cigs at this like little card table like just a cardboard card table like whatever 
and they just like had me hooked up to the oxygen and they, they wanted to give me like some, I don't remember if it was some pills or some kind of like, maybe like an EpiPen kind of allergen shot. But then my brother was like, no, 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 he's drunk. And they didn't know that at the time. And they were like, oh, so whatever they were planning on doing that was going to like save me, they now couldn't do because mm-hmm. I was drunk. And then they just told me like, basically, this is going to be your body versus the allergies. And we're going to be here in case you go into any kind of shock or pass out. We have things to like, you know, revitalize you and shit and last minute things we can do. But basically it's up to you and your body. So we're just going to watch you and give you water and keep you on oxygen. Like, oh, thanks. All right. That's reassuring. Yeah, they didn't didn't have another choice. Like, I mean, it's better than nothing. Like they had the things to like, you know, help me out if things got really serious. I think it's like whatever the recessive, like the electric shock thing. I don't know what what they had, but I remember just sitting there like fucked up, like watching these firemen like play poker, and smoke cigs like right next to me. And I was literally sitting in a plastic like picnic chair. <laughs> yeah, dude, just hooked up to oxygen, like super fucked up. And then yeah, like I don't know. After like two hours of being there, I was like conversating with my brother, and then my brother was just like man you sure you're not just drunk now and i was like oh no and then i was like <laughs> i take the i rip out the uh the tubes and i was just like <gasps> and i could just breathe completely fine and i was like <sighs> i did like 10 more test breaths and then i like stood up and i was like oh shit bro i'm just fading now <laughs> I'm just still fucked uh, up. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, damn. I was like, I wonder how long. Like, like what if I just arrived there and I was like, the allergy thing went away after like 15 minutes and I was sitting there the whole time just blacked out. Like, I'm not, <laughs> about to throw up. So eventually I was just like, yeah, I'm good to go. Take me back. So the, they gave me a ride back. And, and that, I obviously just went straight to bed and yep. up the next day. And I just had like a whole different kind of look on life. Damn, that's damn, dude. That's- you got some fucking crazy stories, dude. Are there any um, bucket list places that you haven't been let yet that you kind of really fucking want to? Or I really want to go to Greenland. It's been my dream since eighth grade. Okay. I don't okay. know why. I always just saw that giant thing on the map, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. why isn't this a continent? It's huge. And it's also just one country. It's like, it's a massive piece of ice. That's like a country. And like, I did a project on it in eighth grade. So you can pick any country you want. You had to like talk about their culture and everything there. And I used to know everything about it. I used to like, if you've ever have time, Google pictures of Greenland. It's like so crazy. Like they paint their houses super bright neon colors. All the houses are like, it looks like Skittles. It looks like huh. Skittles. It looks like a magical winter wonderland sprinkled with like all these like Skittles and shit. Like it's really crazy looking. And there's icebergs that just float in the ocean around there. And I don't, it's not like a popular tourist destination, but I've always wanted to go there. I guess. Yeah, I've had it. I've had a couple of buddies that actually have gone there. They said it was fucking awesome. So yeah, just super like rugged nature and stuff. Yep. So we'll kind of move to this next. Let's talk about it. The street ducks. Yeah. It looks like you're back on the grind, back trying to build the brand back up, get get the cloud out there. So I mean, it, I'm assuming it just started rollerblading around San Diego. But uh, what do you see for? It? I mean, what are the plans for it? I mean, like I said, I see you're starting to launch merch again and get all these chapters yeah. in different places. Yeah, the Street Ducks has always been, like, since 2014, me and my friends in San Diego, we just kind of rollerblade around in San Diego. Sometimes we bring sticks and, like, a ball. Sometimes we didn't bring sticks because, I mean, it's pretty equally as fun, like, just rollerblading. 
Um, we already play enough hockey in the summer, so sometimes we like to just cruise the boardwalk for the sunset on blades. And we started, like, you know, bringing backpacks with, like, boom boxes, and, you know, fill, we'd all fill our backpacks with, like, beer and liquor. And I don't remember how it started, but I remember we just had, like, one night where we skated all over the city, like, hammered, and we had such a fucking ripper. And we were like, oh, let's do that again. And then it kind of just became a thing this one summer, I think 2014, where we would just fucking rip. And then I don't even remember where the name came from. We were just drunk, started calling ourselves the Ducks, Street Ducks, and started ripping. And then, like, we were on that boardwalk so much in San Diego that the people's houses that lived there that would sit outside, they would see us, and we would pass so much time that they would know us as the guys. And, and people would quack at us when we were skating by. They'd go, quack, quack, quack. And we kind of started building a little rep around San Diego. And I started like posting videos on Snapchat, Instagram story of us blading and like people just kind of loved it. They were like, this is sick. And I started like just using my fucking weird mind to just come up with weird ideas. Just like, yeah, we're called a rollerblading gang. Like we're a gang. This is gang shit. <laughs> we're the street dogs, rollerblading gang. And just kind of started using that. And then people started asking like, oh man, I want to be in a street dogs gang. And I was like, oh, you got you to gotta start one. And then I got the idea, like call it chapters, like Sons of Anarchy. Like, yeah, we're street dogs. West Virginia chapter yeah, and stuff like about that. About to start a DMV chapter, boy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, people started, like, fucking sending in videos, like, Street Ducks Toronto, Street Ducks Finland, Street Ducks St. Louis. Like, them and their boys doing the same thing we were doing, but where they're from. And then I started reposting those videos, and it inspired more people from other places to start their little rollerblading gangs. And then it just kind of, like, took off, and, you know, we made a song, made a music video, and it's pretty cool. And then, obviously, the last, like, couple years uh, you know 2014 we were all you know 21 or whatever um you know last couple years like you know guys from my street dogs have signed professional ice hockey contracts guys have gone over to europe to play me personally been in europe so long and the past couple summers when i have been coming home that free time i've been traveling down in you know central and south america or wherever i'm traveling so i just have like and then, like, you know, everyone's just, you know, life gets busy. Y'all know. It doesn't matter where you, you guys understand. Like, people start to scatter. And yep. the past couple summers, the, you know, the ducks would only get, like, we used to do it twice a week. And then we'd be lucky if we could get two skates in a summer. So, yeah, kind of just kind of stopped ducking as much. And then we still duck and whatnot. But, like, the whole, like, social media side of things, like, it was pretty dead. Like, we weren't doing anything. But, you know, since quarantine came around and, nothing better to do um a lot of people were like just tagging me like street ducks like blading with their friends because hockey's closed people can't play pucks people are out in the streets and i started being like oh yeah people are out there ducking and all my boys are back in san diego obviously because everyone's hockey seasons are over so they're just home like ducking and i was like and i started like i tried to figure out the password i found out the password logged into the ducks instagram i was like damn i haven't posted on here in a year and then so I was like, fuck it. Why not just fire it back up? Everyone's craving content right now. I have unlimited GoPro videos of duck and shit mm -hmm. that anyone's ever seen. I have enough to post content every day if I want. And I have people sending in stories of them ducking. So, like, it's like, fuck it. Fire it back up. And then, you know, once I fired it up, of course, everyone's like, yo, we want more shirts. And so that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, that's that's cool shit. Like, yeah, we were talking to Gross the other day. It was like, dude, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's collab. Let's go street ducks, chirping DMV the pod we'll team up we'll do a dmv chapter just all fucking dmv man we'll get people out in ocean city riding around and getting able to go yeah, have, riding through dc and shit baltimore strolling down coastal highway in ocean city that shit would be dope yeah 
So we're definitely going to get it going over here. Yeah, we'll get it going. We'll get a shit ton of videos too. Yeah, we'll do all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, can't wait, boy. Send me some videos. Do yeah. some documentos. Got to hit the documento move. It's the newest move in the book. Yeah, the door yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. We'll definitely get some stuff together. Maybe we'll, we can fucking get together and talk at some point after this and do some collab merch or some bullshit, some Caps themed DMV type duck shit. Cool. We can do some stuff. But KPAP, AB, you got anything else for him? Nah, that's it, man. You got one hell of a story, bro. I'm glad you came on. Hey, thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate yep. it. It's nice to, uh, you know, tell some of the stories. I don't ever really talk about a lot of these things. And I haven't really done much podcast, so I haven't been able to talk about these things in long form. Maybe people have, like, ideas from an Instagram here and there or a tweet. But uh, it's pretty pleasant to, like, come on here and kind of release some of that to the world. So Yeah, uh, man. Get, get your story on even more. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, definitely want to have you back on, for sure. Uh, I know you'll have some some stories in the future. I mean, hockey's yeah. not, hockey career is definitely not over, it seems like. No, dude, I'm going to Australia next, boys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Australia next, yeah. and hopefully Chicklet's next, too. So yeah, we're looking yeah, out for it. Still writing the story as we go, so I'll, I'll have to come back for round two, boys. Sounds Actually, good. One of our buddies just texted me. He said he's hanging out with your brother later tonight. Really? In California? Yeah, Mikey Carr. I don't know if you know that name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's um, like, yeah, hanging out with his brother tonight. He's like, oh, shit. We're on yeah. with him right now. <laughs> yeah, my brothers are legends. Yeah, well, good shit. Chuck, like you said, we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll be in touch after this. We'll, we'll keep in touch. And uh, like I said, man, appreciate, appreciate you and best of luck to you. All right, great. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, thanks again to Chucky Slick for coming on. Two hours worth of awesome interviews. I mean, <laughs> like we said, part one jumped skyrocketed to our most downloaded listened to episode. I'm sure part two will be right up there. YouTube's getting a lot of love, so thanks to him. And we'll have to reconvene and get him back on here soon. Yeah, I mean, I hope that part two is the most listened to one. Because, I mean, not just for our sake, but for, like, everyone else's sake. Because this is, like... I literally just can't stress enough how much like people should listen to it because there's just so many good stories. It's yeah. just so awesome. Definitely, yeah, the most fun interview we've done. It was it was a good time. So <clears throat> let's end it with this. Our guy, reoccurring guest, Tarek El-Bashir. If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, get it. If you don't follow him, do it. He came out with an awesome article. Uh, it's called This Alex Ovechkin Kids Just Got It, The Day the Caps Won the Draft Lottery. So I'll kind of read it. I'll start it off with this first paragraph here it's on april 4 2004 the capitals wrapped up their worst season in 26 years with a 4-3 loss in pittsburgh forgettable matchup between a couple of last place teams earlier that year washington's management had made the gut-wrenching decision to initiate a ground-up rebuild uh six weeks span they disassembled the team's star-laden roster trading away yager bondra lang gonchard nylander anson carter and mike greer uh the cap's starting goalie ab see if you can guess this the Caps starting goalie in that season ending loss to Penguins. It was his fifth NHL game. Never appeared in another one after that. I remember reading it. I, 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 read, I read it the other day, and I can't even remember what it was. It was it, sorry, Matthew Yeats. Matthew Yeats. Yeah. Yeats or something. So Caps won just two of its final 14 contests, contests, and it was pretty much rock bottom. So two days after that, Caps caught the break. They so desperately needed 14% chance of winning the league's annual draft lottery ping pong balls. When they still did that, I, I, I think they still do. I don't know. Yeah, I think but they do. They won the number one pick. They leapfrogged Pittsburgh and Chicago. And then obviously it was Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. And oh my, like it's, I, I'm kind of speechless right now that we got him. 
he's just the most fun player to watch. Like he, how much he in, like enjoys just scoring goals. Yeah, and he just does it all the time. And obviously, completely changed our franchise. So many memories. Completely so changed many. our franchise. So yep. Tarek actually kind of like re- recounts like everybody's like reaction that day. Uh, well, first of all, speaking of Ovechkin in the draft, if you don't know it, which I didn't know until like even a couple years ago, was that from the year before how Florida tried to sleaze in and get Ovi. Get Ovi, yeah. But it was like some draft regulation made it so they couldn't. But Thanks, um, right. So Caps owner Ted Leonsis, he was in the AOL offices out here in Virginia, out in Dulles. Uh, he said a secretary came in, said Mr. Bettman's on the phone. He said, okay, I'll call him right after this. I got to go to a meeting. And his secretary was like, no, it's urgent. And he, Ted, Uncle Teddy picks up the phone and goes, what did I do now? Am I getting fined? And Gary goes, I'm here with so-and-so. I'm calling to inform you that you won the first pick in the draft lottery. And yeah, if someone tells me that, I'm like, fuck, let's go. So were we not supposed to have – I thought we were the worst team. We were supposed to win that, right? We had 14%. I'd have to go back and look. Tark doesn't mention what the other odds were, but I feel like 14% is pretty high to get the – to get the lottery. It was, it was Pittsburgh and Chicago, the three worst teams, I think. Yeah. I, for some reason, uh, 14%, I mean, it sounds high, but, like, I feel like they, like, give the last place team, like, a 42% chance usually or something like that. So, maybe we did get lucky. I, I, don't, I can't even remember, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah. What I do remember is, I, I'm, I mean, I was kind of too young at that time. How old? I was nine, I think, nine or ten years old. So I wasn't like paying attention to prospects and shit yet. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so I just I do remember my dad just kind of telling me, he's like, looks like we're gonna get this kid Alex Ovechkin. And I was just like I never watched him in World Juniors though. I never did. Like uh, I was really? thinking, I think I was too young to be in, into that shit yet. Maybe um, I watched maybe I remember watching Koozie in World Juniors. I can't remember. Yeah, I was I do remember watching Koozie and being like, I cannot fucking that, wait. That guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember my dad just kind of like telling me like, we're going to, looks like we're getting this Alex Ovechkin guy. And I was just like, that's cool. Who, who is that? And he's like, he's supposed to be like one of the best players ever. And I was just like, well, that's pretty cool. And then hopefully it works out. Yeah. And then it actually happened. He's like, he's like supposed to be the next greatest goal scorer. And that, that's, that's what we got pretty much. Yeah. I mean, even if we didn't win that lottery, I mean, let's see who were the, who were like the second and third picks of that 2004 draft? Malkin. Malkin. That's right. Yeah. Cause I remember people on NHL bitching the other night on, yeah. Malkin was second to the Penguins and Cam Barker to the Blackhawks, Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler round out your top five. So we it either would have been Ovi or Malkin. I feel like if we had top two, if we had second pick Malkin or Ovi would be a pen, Malkin would be a cat. That would be insane. More than likely. And I saw oh. people arguing how Malkin should have got taken first overall anyway in that draft, and I'm kind of looking at them like they're dumbasses. Yeah, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of dumb. Like, Malkin's great. Don't get me wrong, but well, Ovi's another will, level. I will say this about Malkin. It, if he was put on another team where he didn't have Crosby in front of him, mm-hmm. like, who knows, like, how good he could have – like, he probably would be up there in points and – like he he could be another league league leader every year. I mean, he kind of almost is still. He kind of almost does still do that with Crosby on his team. It's kind of like Panarin, you know. Right. Like Panarin finally kind of gets his own team, and he is just absolutely lighting the league up. Yeah, and is right there in that MVP discussion. I guess people. Are, I think the media is starting to make their votes right now, and they're kind of saying who they voted for. 
slowly but surely. So you can maybe if you follow everybody that puts their vote out, you can try to start adding it up and putting two and two together. But um, I mean, there is no way Leon Drysaddle doesn't win, right? I, I, to me, there's no question. Drysaddle yeah. first, probably Panarin second, and then either I'm, McDavid or Pasta third. I would. I actually would say um, not Pasternak, uh McKinnon. Yeah, you can put McKinnon up there. You can put McKinnon yeah, up there for sure. About the most valuable player. Yeah. I think McKinnon is the most valuable to his team. I mean, Pasternak, don't get me wrong, Pasternak's had one hell of a season, but, I mean, he's got he's playing with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's a that's the best line in hockey, or arguably the best line in hockey year in and year out the past however many years. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all we got. Follow Tarek. I mean, he's answering mailbags. He did one the other – the other week where he answered some questions like who's the Caps number one goalie? When's Ovechkin well, back? Who's on the ice? It's that and the other, but before we, before we leave that topic though, like just go back to those names that you like that you said, I didn't realize like all of those names are pretty fucking good. In the 2004 draft? No. Um, that, that the Caps got rid of. Oh yeah. Let me, let me pull it back up real quick and we can read this. So yeah, it was in a six week span Hold on, Jimmy, just a second. Yeah, Yammer Yager, Peter Bondra, and we traded Bondra to Ottawa, right? Either Ottawa or Atlanta. That's right. He did go to Atlanta. So Yager, Bonsai, Robert Lang, Sergey Gonchar, Michael Nylander, Anson Carter, and Mike Greer. And what I, I, one of the quotes that I saw in there was that Robert Lang was the leading point getter of the NHL. At the time? <laughs> At the time when, they, when they traded him, which is crazy. I do remember him being sick, and I remember – like Robert Lang being like one of my favorite calves at the time. Yeah. I was like, this guy's sick and he's like very underrated. Yager sucked here. So I think a lot of people were happy to see him leave. Um, Gonchar was always a legend. Yeah. Gonchar was a legend. We just like to whoop, whoop him and every he time he comes back. There. But and he went to Pittsburgh cause he's an asshole, but did we trade him there or did he sign there? I, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I'd have to look at, I'd have to like do a deep dive on where we traded yeah. each of these guys. What I saw was I like, it was like the first time that like a leading, that like the leading point scorer in the NHL had been like traded away midseason or something like that, right? Or maybe of their team. I can't really remember. It was, it was something crazy like that. I don't know, but yeah. So Tarek talks to you know George McPhee in this. He talks to Bettman. He talks to Caps assistant general manager Ross Mahoney. So one quote that sticks out to me. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Let's see. So Mahoney's like, yeah, I drove home, turned on TSN and looked. It was right there. I was like, oh, my, we really won the lottery. Just kind of stunned. Um, and then it goes into him and McPhee. He's like, then George McPhee called me, and I was like, wow, what a year to win the first lottery, huh? Uh, McPhee asked Ross, out of curiosity, if we're picking today, who would you take? And with no hesitation, Ross was just like, Ovechkin. And then he repeats himself again. He, it's got to be Ovechkin. Uh, he wasn't wrong. And McPhee was like, all right, the fact that that guy just immediately said Ovechkin like three times in a row resonated with me. And uh, so Dick Patrick calls Ross, and Ross, Ross's first words to Dick Patrick were, we're going to take Ovechkin. Nice. So, yeah, that's how kind of that – I think it was no, no doubt we were going to take him. Yeah. Um, and like thank God we did. He's, yeah, he's given, he's given this franchise pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, that's all I really have, unless you got anything else. No, that's it for me, man. There it is, yeah. Well, KP, hopefully he gets better. Like you said, he's all conkied up uh, after helping 
win a championship. Visit the YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, watch the videos. The video interviews are awesome. Uh, we got to have more videos coming soon. We got to get out to First Line Training Center with Sandy. We got a banner here for him. Go to the website, go to the shop, buy some shirts, all that good shit. Support us, help us. You guys are the best. And with that being said, I got nothing else. So peace out. Peace, boys. I'm on my own, broken alone. I feel the rain crashing down. All around this empty town, I'm searching for the lost and found. But you don't care, you're unaware. Keep moving like the scars aren't even there. It's in the air, like a blazing flare. I'm on my own.